yes, what's going on everybody, welcome back to another Rugby Muscle Podcast, I'm only doing this intro because this was a live Q&A and on the live podcast I forgot to give a shout out and a congratulations to Jamie7623 from the UK who gave us a five star review, he said great exclamation point. If it's five stars, said really useful podcast, which I'd recommend for all rugby players. Found this podcast recently during lockdown and have learned a ton of new info that has allowed me to adjust my training for the better. Awesome. Uh, couldn't recommend enough for any players looking to improve their game. Awesome, awesome, awesome review. Jamie, thank you so much. That's exactly what we're trying to do with this podcast. What we're trying to do with rugby muscle in general. That's why we're doing these uh Q&A editions, that's why we have the Facebook group, and today we answer the questions, or I answer the questions that are pertaining to motivation, overall how you should be looking at your training, because I go quite in depth on that, um, how to gain speed and dynamic speed that will pay that will pay off for you in a game, if you only had one hour to work out each day, what would you focus on, particularly during the lockdown, and then how would you spend your time that are dedicated to skills? And again, I address this with a frame towards lockdown. We get into all of that and, well, a little bit more because obviously it's me and, you know, ADD Teach goes into his side tangents. And so with that all in mind, let's just get straight into this podcast. This is episode 162, I believe, Q&A Facebook edition. Yes, we are going live on the Facebook group with another Q&A edition. I've got some questions already geared up, but if you have any questions and you want to ask live on the Facebook group, you are more than welcome. Uh, these questions are being asked on the Rugby Muscle Athletes Facebook page. As if you are new to, if you're just listening to the podcast, you can just go ahead and go to there on Facebook, type in Rugby Muscle Athletes answer the questions because you won't get let in otherwise and then you can ask the questions once again so that I can um, I can go ahead and answer them on this podcast but the idea being once again that if you're just looking for quote-unquote tips you have no real direction I can't really help you because tips doesn't really mean anything you want to be able to like get an actual tangible result from asking this question so what are you doing wrong? Where do you want to be? And this is actually leading me perfectly well into my first question. So allow me two seconds to put it up. Whilst I'm doing that, I will remind you guys, you can go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. I think you can do it on Stitcher as well. That does help out the show amazingly. Um, you know, the more five-star reviews that we have, if you can type up a few words, that'd be great. It takes up like a minute of your time really like I cannot I cannot tell you guys how much that really helps the podcast out helps rugby muscle out and the more that you know we get traction on this podcast the more five-star reviews we get the more the better guests that we can get on the more production that we can get on the more I can reinvest in all of this stuff and help you out with your rugby with your training with your nutrition with that all being said if you want to go ahead and pick up some 50 free rugby condition sessions or some diet um, diet advice, the, what, what is it, a four-part nutrition, physique nutrition crash course video series or a supplement guide, you can get all of those for free at rugby-muscle.com. So I'm going to scroll ahead to the first question I have here on my thing and then I'll be occasionally checking the live feed. So first one is... Um, 
who who asked this question? I want to try and scroll it and find out. I think it was. Oh, it doesn't. I'll find out who asked it later. The question is, I'm trying to get back into shape to play more next season and struggle to keep motivated when I start a program. So I was wondering if anyone had tips on how I can keep going once I get going. Motivation, such an aggravation. Accusations, don't know where to take them. Situation is never what you want it to be. Shout out to anyone that got that reference. If you got that reference, at TJ underscore rugby on Instagram, slide into the DMs and I will I will sing your praises on the next podcast because that is that is a um, obscure reference right there. So, but the situation is never what you want it to be. That's why you are usually more often than not unmotivated. And I want most people's uh, training like mindset to switch here because most of you are always looking for motivation. And the reason that you're looking for motivation is because you're not getting any results. And you think, I'm not getting any results because I'm not motivated enough to stick to this program. Whereas actual fact, it's almost the reverse. If you just get moving, if you just keep going for stuff, then you're going to be, you're going to get results eventually if you just apply yourself. And the more you apply yourself, the more you get results, the more you get results, the more motivating that is. If you, you know, if I, for example, I like to use my keyboard playing as a good analogy here. If I played the keyboard every single day and I practiced it every single day and I didn't get any better, no shit, I'd, I wouldn't be motivated. I'd be like, this sucks. I'm, I'm trying this every day, you know, and I wouldn't practice. I'd stop practicing after about two weeks, right? Because I'd be like, right, you know, I've, I've tried this. I've put in all this time towards um, training and really, you know, training my keyboard ability and I've got nowhere. So no matter how fun I found it or no matter, you know, what science there is, you know, or whatever, I'm not motivated anymore because I'm not seeing any results. So the key thing that you've got to do is look at your results. Well, first off, let's dial this back. You want to um, go to rubby-muscle.com forward slash, what is the, it's the one question that you're afraid to ask. It's my most important blog I believe I put out there because most people don't, really have a goal of what they want to achieve long term and when I say long term I mean like a year plus you want to have a real long-term goal that you are emotionally attached to that means something to you not just you know I want to look sick for the beach or I want to you know beat this one team or I want to I don't know what it is you know I want to move up from the third team to the second team like say if it you know and those things could be the meaningful goals but you've got to get a little bit deeper than that i want to move from the third team to the second team because i really enjoy the guys on the second team and that makes me more feel more valued for the amount of time that i put into being a better rugby player that sort of thing you want to look at long term what do you want to achieve you then want to um break down that long term into a lot of short term goals that you can then focus on and, and really try and measure yourself and, and understand how you are improving and it doesn't mean necessarily mean to say that you have to look at the scale every single week on week on week and see pounds just shedding away maybe you just look at the amount of training sessions maybe for your first six weeks you're like right my goal is just to get to the gym four times a week if you're struggling on motivation that's all you look at so if you're Go to, if you go to the gym, doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter if you're not getting any stronger. Which I mean, if you're going to the gym four times a week and you're applying some sort of level of periodization, you're going to be getting stronger, right? 
And so then you set your bar lower and lower and lower. If you're someone that always goes to the gym, then maybe you just say, right, for the next four weeks, I'm going to actually stick to this one program, even when it gets boring. I'm going to stop looking for other things to do. And that could be a huge one. I mean, part of setting those short-term goals isn't about the work that you've got to put in to get towards this short-term goal. It's about the work that you don't have to put in to reach all the other goals that don't really mean anything to you, right? So, you know, I'm been guilty of this a lot of the time in my past where I'll be like right my goal for the next six weeks is to be the strongest and really just improve my squat and do nothing else and then you know a week into the program I'll see a commercial or an advert on YouTube or something with some guy doing some funky ass yoga and he's doing the splits and he's like get your splits in two weeks and I'm like oh maybe I want to get the splits and then I start doing splits training and Subsequently, my squat training starts sucking and therefore I've, I've lost focus of my squat goal. I don't make any progress there. I don't make any, make any progress in my splits because obviously that doesn't really mean anything to me. It's just something that popped up on my Instagram feed. You know, and, and this could be applied to a million different situations. And really what you want to do is think of motivation and your long-term training and diet like you are a – especially if you're struggling for motivation, you're struggling to get consistent in the gym – you're a car that is stuck in some deep mud or deep sand, right? And your goal is to not only get out of this mud, but get to the top of the mountain, right? So we've got the Rocky Mountains out here in, in Colorado. And this has been this has happened a few times where you're, you're driving around and you get, your car gets caught in a little bit of a sand. And you don't, the temptation is right. I, but I need to get so far. I need to get to the top of this mountain. I need to stick my foot down on this accelerator as fast as and hard as I can, right? And all of a sudden, all that happens is your wheels just spin really aggressively. And what happens? You get nowhere, right? It doesn't work to get yourself out of a stuck in the sand position. Instead, what you want to do is focus on, right, all, all I need to do is get out of this mud or get out of this sand and get you know, six, six meters, 10 meters, 20 meters further forward, then I've got some momentum and then I can start to ease that gas a little bit more, ease that pedal a little bit more. So you want to set those first initial goals so, so, so low. Like for example, a lot of the people I work with nutrition that don't understand nutrition, more often than not, if if they're coming from a background where they have no idea about nutrition at all, the first goal is just to log your nutrition, right? Super simple. I don't even have to change anything. That's slightly pressing that gas pedal. Now we're getting a little bit of momentum. As you get a little bit of momentum, you can press it a little bit more. Now we're going to track protein. Oh, now we're starting to move. We're starting to see results because now that you're tracking your, your calories and your protein, you're probably making some better choices in terms of your nutrition. Now I'm starting to move a little bit more, a little bit more. Now, well, obviously I need to build up a little bit more momentum to to clear myself of this mud. I can't just keep going at five miles an hour, make it all the way to the top of this mountain. I have to start pressing that accelerator a little bit harder. Okay, now I'm going to attack uh, track total calories. Then I'm going to move press that a little bit harder. I'm going to track calories around workouts. I'm going to track carbs around workouts. I'm going to track. Uh, I'm going to track. I'm going to track. I'm going to track different food types around the workout, before and after the workout, energy levels. All of a sudden, we're adding more and more layers of complexity to um, the program in terms of nutrition or training, or we're just pressing that accelerator a little bit harder each time. And then there are also going to be times where you're like, oh my God, there's a, there's a big bump ahead. 
I've got to take it a little bit more careful. I can't just smash the accelerator. And this comes in the form of, oh, I've got a big work deadline or I've got you know a vacation ahead of time or this is a time of real high stress. Maybe I don't have gym access, okay? Now I'm not gonna be as harsh on myself for not, going, not getting my workouts done because um, I'm gonna set that bar a little bit lower because there's other things going on in my life. And that's how you sort of treat motivation. So what you wanna do is always, n- make sure that you're you're relying on your systems and your processes ahead of time rather than looking at the you know you set your long-term goal first off that's the most important thing once you've set your long-term goal then all you have to worry about is the next six steps in that direction of that goal because if doing the splits isn't got anything to do with this goal you can still get sucking into it if you don't have that goal and that actually takes you away from your goal and it takes you not only does it not st- it press the accelerator to abuse this analogy to death, you're actually now turning to the side <laughs> off the course and you're going in a di- complete different direction. So it doesn't support your goal and it takes you away from what you're trying to d- achieve. And you could still be pressing the accelerator as hard or soft as you can, but you're not even going in any direction. So you've got to make sure that you've got your long-term and your short-term goals in place and then you judge according to the landscape in front of you how much effort you think you can sustainably put in. The problem that most people have with motivation is that they're, they're always stuck in the mud and all they do is they'll spend um, you know, 10 minutes smashing the accelerator as hard as they can, get nowhere, and then they give up. And they're like, well, I guess I'm never going to get out of this mud. And then they realize, actually, no. They look at the car, they look at the wheel, and they're like, no, there's, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can do this. There's, there's a way I can do this, right? And then they smash that accelerator again because they're like, I've got to make up for lost time. And then you keep going and you keep going. Understand that this is all a long-term process. And so rather than, yes, you set yourself that long-term goal of looking at the top of that mountain, but really your focus at the time when you're pressing the accelerator is those next 10 meters, 20 meters in front of you, and you adjust accordingly. That analogy was fucking ridiculous. (laughs) But we got there, right? So you're focusing on just your six six weeks of execution. Then, once you've gone past that, you can maybe say, right, next time I, I get I go through a mud patch, I'm gonna have to press the accelerator a little bit harder. I, I, I think I can I can do that. I can experiment. Maybe I went a bit too easy on myself. Or I went a little bit too hard, but I got out of there and next time I know to adjust. So you assess only once you're out, only once you've done that six weeks. Can you assess the efficacy, whether your training program has worked or not? But the most important thing is to focus on that one training program, that one training variable or one to three training variables that you want to work on and then concentrate on that. And that's it. Um, that way you're always getting, you're always focusing on the process. Then over time you're focusing on results. Then over time you've, and the whole time you understand that it's, you're connecting to this training on a deeper level because it's all part of a deeper, bigger purpose for you climbing that top of the mountain. If you don't ever do that first step, then there's there's no reason that you're just gonna, or there's nothing to stop you from just saying, fuck this and getting out of your car and leaving this journey. And then eventually being like, no, no, I did. What did I wanna do? Oh yeah, I wanted to get to the top of the mountain. So you get back in your car and you start again. Don't do that. Understand that your long-term goals are probably the most important thing. And then it's just a case of breaking that down and just consistently applying effort on the processes, on that accelerator, not on the results in the short term. You're not worried about how far you're getting in each time. You're just worried about, Get into the next block, get into the next block, get into the next block. And hopefully over time you see that progression, 
you should be able to be adding reps each time and that's really motivating and therefore you can um, improve from there. Okay, so that's motivation sort of in a nutshell. I've, I've done a bunch of other podcasts on motivation as well. If you want to go and check those out, be my guest. Otherwise, we're going to move on to the next question. Take a sip of this coffee. Okay. Ah, oh, we got one on the live feed. Kieran Robert says, hey, TJ, how to gain speed and dynamic speed bursts? Cheers. Okay, so I would address this as speed and acceleration. So essentially, I will talk about long-term athlete development in another podcast, which I actually have to make up as a video. Have I got a quick preview for you guys? Got a quick preview here. Bum, bum, bum. It's a pyramid because you know us guys that do training and do science love our pyramids to explain shit. But essentially, if you depend on your training level, the, the answer will vary quite, quite, um, quite a lot, to be fair. If you are completely untrained, then the best way to gain speed is just to be able to get stronger because your lower body will be able to produce more force into the ground, which then, you know, whichever direction you're running in, um, even if it's acceleration or top end speed, the more force that you can apply to the ground, the more um, the reverse action of you propelling forward is going to, uh, more force you're going to have behind that, so the faster you're going to move. It's basically physics, right? So get stronger, get stronger. Obviously, once you get to a point that diminishes, otherwise powerlifters, the people that commit that compete, in, you know, in deadlift competitions, fucking Thor Bjornsson will uh, will be the fastest people in the world. Obviously, that's not the case. So there's a limit to how strength will affect your speed. So you get stronger, then you look at doing basic power work in terms of jumps and stuff, so that you can transfer that strength into a faster twitch. Uh, contraction then from there you want to be looking at sprint mechanics so you really want to try and be as efficient as you can and when i say looking at sprint mechanics first thing you can do actually in terms of actually practical nature of doing all of this is lift and do some fucking sprints most people don't do sprint training most people either do sprinting as part of their conditioning training but they never do out and out sprint training where you're going for a sprint, you're sprinting for a short period of time, and then you are getting full, full, full rest. If you're doing speed training, you I've mentioned this time and time again on the podcast. If you're doing speed and or power training, you need to be 95 plus percent ready to go. If you're if you're more than five percent fatigued, you're not working speed anymore because you're muscles aren't contracting as hard as they can because they're carrying that level of fatigue so therefore you want to be doing lots of short sprints i would suggest anywhere between like five to 20 yards at most and unless you're a winger that's about all you really need to do because when there's not often times in a game of rugby where you'll be sprinting for more than this uh 20 yards is like you know even if you've made a good break you're probably getting you're probably having to at least either step or make a decision you're not sprinting 20 yards in one go more uh very often unless you're a winger in which case maybe we can extend that out to 40 or 60 yards but you would go and and all you would do is sprint that distance 
walk back slowly as you can for recovery. So you'd go, you know, your sprint would last anywhere from like one to two to five seconds at very most, if that, right? Then you would just rest for at least around a minute. That way you're ready to be fully recovered and you're ready to go and sprint again. Um, and and, th- and that's going to be your best way of working on the, the dynamic speeds, your bursts, and your top end speed because you're just going to get more and more and more practicing. Over time, you want to refine that technique so that you're leaning your body as far forward as you can because when you're accelerating, your job is to push your body forward, right? You're not up. That's the biggest issue that most people have with their acceleration work is that their body or acceleration mechanics in general is that they don't have that forward lean and therefore they're pushing a lot of, it doesn't matter how strong they are, they're pushing a lot of force into the ground, but they're pushing it and they're pushing themselves upwards. Whereas what you want to be doing is pushing yourself horizontally across the ground as fast as you can. And so therefore you want to try and project your foot behind you to push you into the push your foot behind you into the ground to push you forward reclaim that foot and stride um sam portland has got a lot of good stuff on this if you follow coach sportland on instagram he's the main speed guy and that's all he he he, uh, focuses on really with his athletes is their speed technique um i prefer just to get you doing it in the real world i prefer you just to get you know get stronger get more powerful practice sprinting and i think in terms of yeah, what you've said here, Kieran, about your dynamic speed. I would also count that as energy system work so that we're working that top-end power, so that we're working, number one, aerobic capacity again, so that we're capable of recovering from our sprints, but we're also working to make sure that when we're ready to go, boom, we can explode into those dynamic speed efforts, into those carries, into those big you know, blitz tackles or whatever it is, right? And then we explode, and then we can recover again. We've got a lot of capacity to keep going and keep going. If you have a if you have a poor aerobic system, it might take you like twenty minutes to recover from a carry. Right? You've seen those big uh, Islanders. Uh, there was one number eight that I played against once, and he took he was like a beast. And every every carry he had, he would take you know four or five people to top, to stop him. And he was the top try scorer in in the league for like three seasons in a row. I can't remember his name. He was a number eight. And um, the problem was, was that you never knew when he was going to get into action because he took about five carries every game because he was so unfit. Whereas if you can imagine, look at Billy Vinopola, he's actually got a really good aerobic system because he takes a carry, he gets back up, takes about a minute and he takes another carry. He's immense because of the volume of carries that he gets through, right? Um, And so that is like critical. You want to get through a lot of carries or a lot of... Um, you know high amount of speed bursts it doesn't matter um and you want all of those to be quality if if billy vernapola started carrying you know that volume but he wasn't as fit they would start to significantly drop off as that game went on so you want to be working the aerobic capacity you also want to be working your atbpc so your real high output your a lactic capacity so um, this is like your phosphocreatine system. This is your energy system that you work from three to five-ish seconds at a time. And you want this capacity to be high so that you can get through you know, a lot of carries in a game as well. Not just so that it takes a lot of time to recover between them, but it's just so that you can keep going and keep going and keep going um, throughout the game. It doesn't matter <clears throat> uh, how many you do 
but if you've got a good capacity for it, you're going to you, that reserve is topped up by your aerobic system fast enough that you can get going again. And that's that's kind of how I see a lot of rugby conditioning in general, and that's how you should do it as a player. It's definitely worth looking into mechanics. It's definitely worth like trying to get the sled, trying to get those body angles in a great shape. But more often than not, you're never going to be sprinting in a perfect manner because you're either carrying a ball, you're stepping a player, you're um, you're probably never getting up to top speed by the time you've got to the defensive line or by the time, even if you've made a break, that the fullback's probably on you by the time you're just closing in on getting to your top speed. So it's all about aerobics. I mean, all about um, acceleration and then repeating that system, repeating that effort again and again and again and again. And that's it. That's how you would you know gain as much speed and dynamic speed as you can. Now, you would keep repeating that system. Like obviously, there's a <clears throat> there's a point where that will like start to plateau, and that this is where periodization comes in. And then you would just try and focus uh, for a few blocks at a time on just getting stronger, potentially even bigger. Then you've got more muscle. Then you've got more neurons to fire. You've got more capability of being able to get faster, get more powerful. And then you would work that energy system work again. And that's why we have periodization. That's why I have Team Rugby Muscle, rugby-muscle.com forward slash team to check that out, where we will rotate through these different fitness, strength, power, uh, endurance components in order to make sure that we're constantly improving as players. Because all of this will have a cap at a time. And that's, and that's where, you know, you could do this energy system work for 12 weeks or 15 weeks and week on week on week on week and then you realize that you're um, starting to not get better. That's where your motivation might start to drop. Next question. If you had about an hour to work out daily right now, would you focus only on fitness? Uh, no. No, personally, um, like... Even when I, I have guys that focus on fitness, I don't think that the focus should just be solely on fitness because you can work fitness and many other components. So you can do aerobic work whilst also working your skills. If you're doing tempos, you can work you know, your skills of getting on the ground and going back up. You can work on your skills of uh, your running mechanics, as we've spoken earlier. If you do sprint work and tempo work, you can work on your you know, your. your your uh, leg recoil, your toe striking, your hamstring contraction as you're working on your sprints, but you're also working aerobic. If you're doing high-end stuff, so if you're doing the ATP PC stuff, you can do explosive push-ups. You're working on you could or you could do um, jackal jackal circles. So you, you're dropping down and then, like a burpee, and then you're doing half moon. So you're getting back up, rotating 90 degrees, pretending like you're going to go onto a jackal onto a ball. So even when you're working. Um, your fitness you can still work many other components at the same time you can even do aerobic hypertrophy circuits if you're lacking in hypertrophy and that might be a really good idea for people to do and that's what I've been doing for a lot of my athletes at home where we're you know there's only so much running that you can do not only in terms of uh like getting a good result and, and re your legs recovering, but just wanting to fucking shoot yourself because running forever is just dull. And uh, so, you know, over time, you're like, actually a better idea is for me to do other fitness modalities so you can do circuits um, with body weight. And if you keep the key is to keep them at a low enough intensity that you can breathe through your nose and then you're working a good aerobic system. Um, well, you're getting a good aerobic capacity uh, workout 
whilst at the same time getting a good amount of volume, which will induce some hypertrophy. Remember, hypertrophy is really just a case of getting enough volume throughout the muscles over time. Um, I started answering this question before we even finished uh, the question. So fitness is more determined. Oh, no, he did. No, no, sorry. Yeah, I, I got there. Um, so I think in terms of working on your fitness, like depends what fit, uh, fitness you're focusing on as well. Like your fitness is really like your work to rest ratio, right? <clears throat> and what component of, because you're always going to be working on fitness. You could do hypertrophy work and do fit and just keep your aerobic system ticking over in like the way I said there, or you could keep it working just by doing, you know, your standard bodybuilding training, but just making sure that you're not resting too much. And maybe you're working the circuit style, or maybe you're working supersets, or maybe you're working giant sets, or maybe you're just doing some sort of rest pause, you know, and you could get a good aerobic top up from that. And you're not necessarily going to really improve your aerobic system unless you're severely untrained, but you will be able to stimulate it enough to keep it moving and so you know it and then at the same time if you're doing you could do heavy cluster training and work your uh, you could work your a lactic capacity from there so there's so many different ways that you could play it that i wouldn't think about like usually the way i work it is we will look at one to two fitness components uh of conditioning and then we'll look at you know one to two to three different like strength related components whether that be hypertrophy whether it be a power certain specific type of power speed or whatever and then you would sort of figure out a good way to merge them whether your you know your condition work is on your high days or your low days will dictate whether what sort of work you can do on your strength side for example if you're trying to work on your high-end conditioning you wouldn't then be doing heavy strength work at the same time because that's just all of those things, working those both of those components at the same time is just going to be crushing for your nervous system and your, just your body in general that will knacker you out because you just don't have a time for rest. Whereas if you were doing high intensity um, conditioning and, and really working your, your high output work for that for your conditioning, but also doing like low level power or, high, or hypertrophy training, bodybuilding style training, you could absolutely do the low level power or your hypertrophy stuff on your day off or in your lower days. Vice versa, if you're doing aerobic stuff, then you can work heavy strength stuff. And so therefore, I would, you know, this also could, also, could go back to the initial question that I got about motivation where it depends it all depends on where you're at in your current training journey if you if you're just completely fucked and you've only got 45 minutes to train three times a week then just get out and go for a run for for a few months or for, for you know whilst we're in lockdown and whilst you're in this period of time knowing that eventually you're gonna get out of this routine and have some time to go to the gym that would also be absolutely fucking fine and that would actually you know be some sort of deload and and from the research we've seen on how easy it is to gain lost strength and lost muscle back might be a good idea and it might be able to help you alleviate some injuries, maybe even working on your mobility instead. There are so many different options that I wish I could give a much better answer. I feel like I'm being really, really like vague today and I apologize, but I don't really apologize because all of this stuff requires a lot of context and thinking and, and that's like sort of why we have to do over 160 podcasts here to explain this shit if it was just a case of right to be a better rugby player you have to do three sets of five reps off the deadlift bye like <clears throat> you know what i mean we would have 
a lot of big rugby players that were amazing because they've just done that, followed that system. It's just not the case. Everyone is individual. Everyone is different. Let alone when we're dealing with amateur players that have got their own um, stresses and um, things that impact how they train. Okay. Last question for today because we are starting to go long on this Q&A. Let's check if we've got any more questions on the live feed. No, we don't. Okay. Last one here then is, would you spend any time dedicated to skills, etc.? Yes. That was the end of that. No. All right. I think I've already answered that sort of above, right? It's not a case of, because you could, you could work your skills whilst doing aerobic training and you could work your skills whilst doing um, your alactic system work. You could work your skills doing special, special strength training as well. So it all depends where you are in your training journey. Now, um, I think if we're talking about like being in lockdown and working on your skills and like being without, um, you know, scheduled rugby training, I do think that there are, um, two things that we can do at this period of time. Number one is watch a lot of rugby. Now this might be depressing because you're just watching it. You're like, Oh, remember when people would go places and do stuff and you could touch another man and not feel like weird. You, you could tackle someone, you could get on the ball, and you could pass someone a ball and then not have to fucking put it through a disinfectant bucket before they touch it as well. What a strange, strange time that was when we could do stuff. Now, once you've got over that depression, you, you can keep watching high-level rugby and just really watch it. Rather than watch it as a fan, watch it as a student. Watch it like this is a demonstration of how good rugby should be played. Maybe look at someone that's in your position. Look at where they go the whole for the whole eighty minutes. Someone that's a really good player in your position. Look at where they go. Start to understand and uh, see if you can figure out why. Start to um, watch their you know their play, their actions. See how they do things. See how they clear someone out from a ruck. See how they support their their ball carrier. See how they go for carries. See the lines that they take. See how they try and avoid defenders. See how they make their tackles see how they position themselves in a lineout. see how they carry what hand they carry the ball with and when they take it into contact see how they pass see how they look up so many different things um that you can watch from or that you can learn from just watching high level rugby that if you've never really watched it which i found a lot of the guys here in the states don't watch as much high level rugby as um, a lot of the listeners in the uk will do um, and then even in the UK, like a lot of us will watch it as fans rather than as students. If you just watch it and be like, right, why can't I do that? What should I do? do what should I do? And then maybe if you've got some videos of your own game, um, go back and watch those and compare them. And again, this will onset a lot of depression because <laughs> how you feel you are whilst you're playing the game, you feel like you're Super Mario when he hits the, uh, the star. That might be another outdated reference that no one gets. Jesus. But you feel like you're awesome. You feel like you, you know, you're walking through and you're you're just smashing everyone and you're in a, in a perfect position. And then you realize, oh no, like Jesus Christ! I not only do I run funny, I, I'm not in the positions I'm supposed to be. I'm a lot more tired than I look. I'm not nowhere near as fast as I thought I was. And you watch it and you and you realize that you can improve. But you know that's a really, really, really good way of being able to improve as a rugby player. And doing that stuff will like significantly increase your awareness 
And once you start to increase your awareness, then when it comes to games, like over time, it's not going to be an overnight correction. And, you know, you're not going to go back to your first training and, 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 and be like uh, a premiership rugby player. But you might go back to your first training and fuck up and see exactly where you fucked up and be like, right, ah, oh, now I know why, you know, this, it, it seems a lot more difficult for me than it does for the pros. Or now I know, you know, or now I know that I can get through a lot more work than what I thought I was because I'm not wasting my time running in different directions. Or now I know how I can beat a defender just by putting the ball in this hand or looking in this direction or doing this bit of footwork or, or taking this stance, whatever it is, you know. And those things will create your awareness and then over time that awareness will eventually bleed into your actual performance and you'll be a better rugby player. And that was all of that was just to say get more knowledge from watching more rugby, watching guys in your positions and understanding the game at a deeper level. That will significantly improve your ability to play. The other thing is what, what you can do during this lockdown is break these skills down and, and you can get do this particularly as we start to get back into rugby training. Break all of the skills down all the way down to the basics, right? So you just practice... 100 passes with one hand as basic as you can don't worry about spinning it or maybe you just practice it off the hip and you do spin it you practice on that wrist uh, extension and you just do really basic and you just hammer home reps and reps and reps maybe you work on your tackle technique and you work on just getting your foot in the right position in order to create a good tackle most people's fall off their tackles because their foot footwork is lacking and they're trying to make a tackle when they're like two meters away from someone they're sort of diving at them whereas if you get your foot in the right position even if you're you know even if you're not if you're a relatively weak tackler if your foot's in the right position you're more likely to bring someone down so maybe you work on that maybe you just walk and you just walk through it time and time and time again then once you've got your foot in the right position consistently you work it a little bit faster then you work it a little bit faster and you get your shoulder in or you work on your rucking or you work on your ball placement like all of these things yeah you've got the time to break these skills down all the way particularly as even we get back into training like you're going to be training in groups of like five to ten right and fuck off with this rugby that's going to be played where there are no scrums like if you're playing rugby like you, you're gonna. I don't, I'm not gonna get into this COVID weirdness. Um, but if you're playing, you know, um, if you're going back to training in these smaller group sessions, then breaking these skills down, you've got the time. And then as we get back into playing normal rugby, you're going to have the ability to, um, like, do these skills at a faster, more competent level over time right it's not going to be uh, an instant effect where you're just boom i'm straight back into it i have now changed my skills massively you break them down you walk through them you get them faster and faster and faster and then by the time you get into a game environment you notice that you go back to your old habits and then you notice that you need to change them and then over time gradually you change them and then over time you come you become a better rugby player and this stuff can be you know spliced in with your 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 training with your gym work you you can do this in your rest period you can do this um in between sets of of conditioning work you can do this as part of your conditioning work right you just keep getting 100 reps in and you just keep moving the whole time or whatever it is right and this stuff is going to massively uh, increase your ability to play rugby when we get back to it. And yeah, 
all you want to do is firstly figure out what's you know watch a game or just figure out what skills you want to work on break them all down and break them down to the finest point that you can and then slowly work on them and reintroduce them there's no magic there again and you know that's about as concrete an answer as i've given this in today's podcast and i hope you guys enjoyed it this will be me out because we're about to watch this spacex launch that is happening in nine minutes thank you guys so much for joining um actually i don't know how to end this one because i know that there's going to be a pre-recorded um outro so i'm going to say goodbye on this recorded software bye all right thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed that episode of the robbie muscle podcast then i've got a quick little request and a potential prize giveaway for you if you do said request all i want you to do is go to apple Podcasts and type up a five star review just your general opinions of the podcast would be great feedback but also helps us reach higher rankings get more exposure allow me to attract more guests and devote more time to developing a better all-around podcast experience for you All you have to do once again is go and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast service you use. Let me know you've got it. And then every single week, I'll be selecting one review to give away a free prize. That free prize will be either one free month of Team Rugby Muscle. That's our world-class strength condition program app delivered directly to your phone. Or if that doesn't interest you, then we've got one free consultation where I'll, I'll go over your training program, your nutrition, and advise you how to best plan for your goals. Even if none of those things interest you, it's still doing me a solid and helping the podcast grow by going and giving us a five-star review. There's no real excuse. It takes like one minute and that helps the show out exponentially. So I'd really appreciate if you could do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.